Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Proudly brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au Ladies and gentlemen, Tony Bennett said, Food Bites. (laughs) (laughs) Tony Bennett got top billing today. (laughs) (laughs) Haven't even got to the food poll and I've already mentioned it. Uh, Hello, everyone. Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson. Another terrific show on the way with a a fantastic guest, a great Friday food poll, and two of the nicest people you'd ever want to meet. Myself. Sarah Patterson and Lisa Miller. <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm collateral damage. Can here. I just say it's such an enjoyable chat for me in yep. particular, and I'm sorry I didn't let it really get you <laughs> let you get many words Was in. Was I in that but interview? But it feels when you talk to Lisa Miller <laughs> from ABC News Breakfast. It feels like you're talking to a bestie, yep. to a really close girlfriend, because she's so natural, she's so unpretentious. Yep. And she's so funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's an incredibly uh, talented lady. Uh, not only a ABC News Breakfast, obviously, but uh, a book that she's written called Daring to Fly, mm. uh, which was kind of her lockdown project and uh, is out now through uh, Hashit Press and is a really good book, got some great stories in it. She's a girl from uh, country Queensland. And uh, I think um, she she references as a child growing up, uh, there were two languages in her household, English and aviation. aviation. Yep. <laughs> Her dad was a bit of an aviation. It's a really good little book, yeah. uh, and she's a terrific lady. And we will get to her in just a tick. But uh, I want to remind you about our very good friend Janet, who's still celebrating that Melbourne premiership. Uh, it hasn't quite sunk in, Janet. Tells it may me. take some time. Well, well, it was a long time to get there. We'll have her on the program. Uh, we will in the next couple of weeks to have a chat. The cheese links, uh, not about about cheese links. Yes, not about the bloody <laughs> Melbourne Football Club. Five two eight two one nine eight four is the number if you want to give Janet a call and have a chat to her. Christmas is coming up. Uh, you might be thinking about uh, different people you want to get presents for, different sorts of presents, a, a voucher from Cheese Links or to buy the actual gear and then give well, it to them. Well, yeah, jump online, cheeselinks.com.au and check out all the equipment that's available to help you start your cheese-making journey. Kevin, in your very own kitchen. Yes, halloumi, havati. Halloumi. Uh, you name it, you can have a crack at it and uh, do it in your very own home and serve it up to people. It's say, easier than you think. I made that. Yeah, Lisa Miller might like to do that because she is a big cheese eater, apparently. Yes, yes. So let's get to our interview with uh, Lisa Miller right here on Food Bites. You are listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier, brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au Hello to both of you. I'm great. Thank you for doing this. Obviously, uh, is this the end of your day or the start of your day uh, at 10 oh. o'clock in the morning? Oh, the end and the start because <laughs> I sort of split the day. I get up at 3 a.m. and I do the show and then I take a bit of a break during the middle of the day. But all of the press conferences have been a bit addictive viewing. Mm. So I have to try and drag myself away from those. So I am not working all the time. And then I sort of work a bit in the evening before I go to bed at the nana hour of (laughs) (laughs) 8pm. I'm a rager. (laughs) (laughs) Look, it really is hard, Yards, when you're doing uh, breakfast uh, television. You're getting up that early and it can really play havoc with your eating habits too, can't it? Oh, it sure can. And it was one of the first questions I asked Virginia Trioli (laughs) when I was um, taking over from her. And it was like, you know, when, like, when do you eat? And what happens if you need to cough? 
And how do you go to the toilet in three hours of live television? <laughs> These are all good questions. I thought so. I thought so. The journalism I could handle. Like I knew I was I was good for sort of being able to do that side of it. But there was all this stuff about live television. Uh, I'm sitting in a presenter's chair that I just was not used to. So it was a steep learning curve. So what did you work out? When do you eat? <laughs> Well, I've changed it. (laughs) I've been playing around with it. So initially, uh, the alarm would go off at 3 a.m. and I would have a, I'd make myself a plunger of coffee Mm. and I'd have a piece of toast. And then before I went on air, I'd have a little bit of muesli and yogurt. And then when I came off air, I'd have scrambled eggs. And I realised I was pretty much having three lots of breakfast by the time most people were only having their first lot of breakfast. So clearly that did not work out well. Um, the weight started stacking on and I had to change what I do. So I've gone from one extreme to the other <laughs> where now I get up at 3am and I have a black coffee mm-hmm. and I don't eat again until lunchtime. Wow. So I do this sort of fasting, which I found easier than um, what I thought it would be. You know, aren't you happy that you brought someone on to talk about (laughs) food? (laughs) And the first thing I say is, oh, no, I'm fasting. (laughs) But coffee must be a very important part of that routine. How important is it to have that uh, that caffeine fix to get you going? Yeah, look, I think it's more of a habit at 3am. I used to be, um, I used to drink a lot more coffee. But now, once the show gets underway, I switch to tea and I have herbal, just herbal teas just to try and keep the throat, you know, calm and clear because you are talking for a lot of time in the mornings. And um, and then, you know, I'll treat myself to a nice coffee then later in the day. But it's funny, you know, when I was a foreign correspondent, Man, we just lived on coffee. It was in my veins, whether it was in Italy or France or wherever you turned up. You know, I loved a double espresso or, you know, a tiny bit of milk in it in Italy. You know, I just loved my coffee and I am drinking a little bit less of it now. I would like to go back to your uh, childhood in, in regional Queensland for a, for a minute, Lisa, if I may, because I've just read the most beautiful story about your mum on Friday afternoons. Um, used to take you to the local library and you'd uh, borrow a couple of books and then you'd uh, be treated to a 20-cent bag of uh, mixed lollies. Oh, yeah. I bet you remember them as well. Oh, at the, uh, at the, uh, the Karambara pool kiosk, absolutely. You got, a, you got a lot for 20 cents, that's for sure. You did get a lot and you got the most sort of ridiculous ones that really shouldn't have been given to small children, which were the ones that looked like cigarettes. Oh, yes. And they were called, and they were called bags. Yes, they, they were. were. They were. Oh, and they had the little sort of red tip on the end. So That's you could it. Yeah. You were actually smoking a cigarette as a seven-year-old. Um, <laughs> I don't know how that one got through the keepers at the time. And then my other favourites, of course, were the bananas and then the teeth that mm. you could put in. And I reckon for 20 cents you would have got at least, I don't know, 15 lollies probably into that bag because they were like essential to each at that time. And Kilkeven, where I grew up, was like it only had a population of about 700 people. And so the library was open on particular hours and mum used to make the library feel like such a treat for Mm. us because it was this special excursion. And 
then the special exclusion extended to going to the one shop that sold lollies. And it was great. So there was a difference between me and my younger sister, though, Trudy, because by the time we got back out to our house, which was a bit out of town, I'd read one of the books and eaten all the lollies. And Trudy, <laughs> Trudy held on to hers for the whole damn week. And it used to drive oh, me wow. crazy. Oh. I used to love the, uh, the promise of the, uh, the musk stick sticking out of the top oh, of the bag. Yes. Oh, yes, because you knew you followed that stick down into that white paper bag and there was joy to be had. (laughs) So do you want a room? Um, (laughs) 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 Now, now, Lisa, you've cleverly avoided uh, this stage uh, on the show uh, entering the kitchen in any way, shape or form. When When you do well, enter the kitchen, what what uh, what do you like in there? <laughs> well, I think I need to take you back to my mother for a moment, <laughs> right? <laughs> because she was not much of a cook. I mean, she could cook, but she wasn't interested in it. She loved being outside, and so she would be outside watering the plants. We had a huge garden, sometimes until it was dark, and we'd go out and just follow the sound of the hose and say, <laughs> "Mom, what's for dinner?" And Mum would say, "Oh, I don't know." scrambled eggs. <laughs> and, and then as a treat, she would cut half a slice of tom- half a tomato and put a slice of cheese on it and then put it in the griller. So we'd have scrambled eggs and the tomato and cheese, except we always forgot the tomato was in the griller. And so days later, the griller would go off and then days later we'd discover the tomato <laughs> sitting there in the griller. So I just want to paint this picture so you've got low expectations right, of, okay. of what happens when I enter a kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to, well, my favourite dish I love to cook is lasagna. Like mm. I just, I like the, I like the process of it. I like cooking the mince and the sauce. I like the layering of it. I think, I mean, I love making lists and I'm pretty organised. So I think the the fact that you have to organise a lasagna <laughs> is what appeals to me, mm. which is probably not what you would anticipate someone saying about going into the kitchen cooking something. <laughs> and I used to actually have quite a few dinner parties um, back in the day. But then I think 12 years being overseas for the ABC and being on call all the time, You'd start making plans for a dinner party and you could get a call at 5pm on the day of said dinner party that something had happened somewhere in the world and you had to get on a plane and go. Mm. And so I felt like I had so many dinner parties that were sort of had without me (laughs) (laughs) with boyfriends at the time or whatever who were like, oh, okay, well, I'll entertain your friends and continue cooking this incredibly complicated meal (laughs) that I started – I started, you know, moving away from it, I must confess. But, I, I mean, I love food and I love, you know, when I was at uni, I used to, you know, make very complicated dishes like curry tuna and rice. Yeah. Very cheap, I can tell you, Kevin, that yeah. is a good one yeah. for any, you know, uni student needing to do it on sort of very small coin. Yep, yep. Yeah. And, you know, and the other thing I have to confess when it comes to food, and you can judge me for this because lots of people do, I don't like soup. 
Oh. I feel like soup mm. is not a meal. Mm. What do you think? Depends how chunky it is, I suppose. If it's like a minestrone, it can almost pass as a meal, but you'd have it as a meal, wouldn't you, Kevin? Yeah. But I, you'd have crumpets with it. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> yes, it's, it's more about the uh, the attachments that I put on the soup that make it into a meal rather than like a big loaf of bread or crumpets or something like that. I, I love pumpkin soup, but, yeah, I'm not a, I'm not a massive soup fan. Yeah, I wouldn't say it qualifies either. as a main course meal. No, no. and see, no. but people who love soup are always trying to convince me otherwise. <laughs> so Lee, Lee Sales is my best mate. She loves soup. When she comes to stay with me, she insists on making soup because she thinks that she can convince me that soup <laughs> is a meal. And I say, I am sorry, it is not a meal. If you have to drink it, it's not yeah. a meal. I would rather put that effort into a vodka martini. I was going to say, just... I'm glad you brought that up because I was going to say, I saw an interview with you where you <laughs> you actually suggested that it wasn't putting an olive into a vodka martini considered a meal. <laughs> I may have said that. I may have said that. And well, because that was the one thing I loved about the US is that they supersize everything, including their mm. drinks. And yeah. um, I've still got my vodka martini glasses. From uh, that I bought when I was in the US, and they are a magnificent size. You can fit a lot of olives in them. Let's say <laughs> that. Absolutely. <laughs> Just going back to the uh, to the soup, not being a meal. It's interesting you say that, Lisa, because I've been known to fold a bit of uh, soup through pasta and make it into a pasta sauce, and then it becomes yes, a meal. <laughs> that I see. I approve of that. <laughs> that that is good, Sarah. That is fine. I try my best. And the other the other thing that I absolutely just cannot get enough of is cheese. Oh. Like I am I am a cheese fiend. Oh I, I there is no occasion, even if I'm just home alone on a Wednesday evening, that does not require fancy cheese to be brought out. <laughs> oh boy, have you come yeah. to the right place. Absolutely. And a nice little mm. uh, glass of uh, port to accompany or Oh, well, I don't know about the port. I used to like port, um, but I've gone a bit off the port, mm. I must say. Um, yeah, no, I'd, I have a glass of red wine or something nice yeah. to go with the cheese. And the, my favourite cheese that I – I don't know how you'd describe it even because I know nothing about cheeses. I just know what I like. And it's, it's – oh, God, I used to remember how to pronounce it, pronounce it <laughs> by thinking that it was like I'd like more beer. But it's not more beer. It's Morbier, Morbier, Morbier cheese. Yeah. Yes. And um, that's my favourite cheese. I do like that. Yeah, no, there's always cheese in my fridge. If I could open up my fridge and show the two of you, you'd probably be slightly alarmed, but there's always eggs, (laughs) always No, no, it can never be too much cheese, Lisa. uh, So I would assume that, so after dinner, instead of um, a piece of cake or Bickey's, you'd, you'd go the cheese. Direction. Yeah, I don't have a sweet tooth. Yep. No, I, I did my dash on those 20 cents. <laughs> I ruined you. <laughs> and look, if someone offers me a chocolate, I am not going to say no. And if someone bakes me something, I am not going to say no. Uh, I couldn't believe it. One of the lovely producers at News Breakfast actually baked me a cake on the day that my book was launched and they'd made the cover of the book as the icing on the cake, oh, and they'd oh. had it, they'd had it done professionally. So she'd baked the cake, and then the top of the cake was exactly like the book cover, which posed a problem because me, as a 
four-year-old is four. on the cover of the book, yeah. which meant I had to stick a knife through my own face. <laughs> oh, no. This was a problem, people. This was a problem. Oh, no, you're in the media. That works. <laughs> it's the back, Kevin. Yeah. You stick oh, the sorry, knife in course. the back. Of course. <laughs> You've got to turn the cake around and stab yourself in the back. It's a very media thing to do. <laughs> hey, oh, dear. But it was good. It was good. Where did you find time to write the book? No, well, you know, like so many people in lockdown. Um, I had been approached a couple of times to write something over the years, um, you know, because I had had this lovely, idyllic childhood in country Australia and I developed a fear of flying, which people were fascinated about because how do you sort of dream of becoming a foreign correspondent when you've got a fear of flying? And then to go off and become a reporter and to be travelling all over the world and do some of the biggest stories that everyone's sort of seen and heard, people really like to know what goes on behind the scenes with that kind of stuff. Yeah. And and so I'd been asked to write one, but I just never had the time. And then suddenly I come back from Europe, I moved to Victoria and to Melbourne where I'd never lived before and all my family were in Queensland and COVID struck mm. and I was in lockdown. And because I get up at 3 a.m. Monday to Friday, on weekends, I sleep in till about 5 a.m. And so I'd wake up at 5 a.m. and it's like, wow, there's a lot of day. What am I going to do? (laughs) (laughs) So I started writing it. And, um, yeah, and I'm really glad that I was able to sort of get it all done. And some days it flowed and some days it didn't. But there were definitely some food aspects in the book as well because I confess to how – when I was the Europe correspondent, I had always been slightly worried about making fish for myself at home. Not worried, mm-hmm. just I could never make it crispy. Like <laughs> my fish always seemed a bit grey and sad looking and it just mm-hmm. never worked for me. And so there was this one New Year's Eve that I thought, right, I am going to make fish and I'm going to open up champagne and I'm going to go to bed early because something might happen and I'm on call. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so something did happen. But I'd eaten the fish and had a lovely evening. And at about 2 a.m., I got oh. called that there was um, a big story in Tur- Turkey. There'd been a New Year's Eve terrorist attack. And the, the office in Sydney rang me and said, we've got you booked on a 6 a.m. flight. Just get there. And you know what it's like on New Year's Eve trying to get a cab anywhere? Yeah. Well, imagine London at 2 a.m. Mm. trying to get a cab to the airport. <laughs> it was hopeless. So I managed to get there, got to Turkey with the camera operator and we did the job and then four days later I get back to my flat in London and the fish is still on the seat. (laughs) The the heat is still on. The heater is still on. You know that when you you start opening up the door and you just have that sinking feeling because you go, oh, no, I remember. And honestly, it took me forever to get that smell out of the apartment. Oh, I can't even imagine. Oh, And so you ask me why I don't like cooking? Well, <laughs> these are all the reasons. Uh, between, the, between the tomato under the griller in your, in your childhood and fish stinking up your flat in your adulthood, yeah, it's not right. good. I know. I know. Lucky people cook for me and lucky, you know, we have fabulous restaurants and when, when they're open. So I dream of the day when I can walk back into one. I know there'll be people listening who aren't in lockdown around the place, but plenty of people are, and I think it's made us appreciate appreciate how we consume food. 
Lisa, if you were going to whip up one of your famous lasagnas and have a few people over for dinner and you could invite anybody you liked, dead or alive, who would be at your uh, dinner table? Oh, okay. Well, this goes back a bit to the teenage years. I know he can be a bit grumpy and difficult, but I'd love to have Boy George at the table. Because I think Boy George, A, might be able to just knock out a song after dinner, but also (laughs) I think he'd be quite entertaining. Now, am I going to have all these people at the table at the same time? Because that could be a bit rough. Yeah, I mean, you I'm absolutely happy to go can. There. Yeah, please do. And I'd be requesting okay. Car- Karma Chameleon too from yes. the start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so a completely like where did this come from? How about Mark Twain? Oh, yeah. I know. Funny American guy. He yep. was like the humorist of the century for yep. the Americans. So I'll put him there. Um, Steve Martin. Also funny. So let's have the old funny guy and then the new funny guy and they can talk about how funniness has changed over the years. I'd love to have Angela Merkel, the German Chancellor, because she could give you, I reckon, give her a drink or two and she would have so (laughs) many stories about how all the blokes carry on at G20 and G7 meetings. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yep. Oh, she would have. I just think she is an awesome person. She's been in that position for what, like seventeen years, yeah. and the the blokes who have come and gone as leaders of, <laughs> you know, whether it's the US yeah, or London. Yeah. I mean, you know, Boris. Oh, here comes Boris again. I can see <laughs> Angela going, just shaking her head, thinking, "What have I done to deserve this?" <laughs> yeah, let's just and get through um, it as best we can. Yeah, <laughs> she'd have great stories. And then I would also love um, Anna Wintour, yeah. the editor of Vogue, Vogue. because yep. I, wouldn't she have some great stories too? Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. What so an Mark Twain mix. might, well, it is a bit eclectic and Mark Twain might find it a bit difficult to sort of follow the conversation and also be a bit concerned when we whip out our phones to do some Insta stories of the evening, <laughs> you know? Could you just imagine <laughs> He's like, I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that's part of the adventure of a dinner party, isn't it? And we had um, Jocks on Fellow not long ago say that if you have a dinner party like that, it has to be at a round table yeah. so you can all face each other and you're not stuck oh. on a big long table. So you can't Good idea. Yeah, communicate. Yeah. But you can't have too many people because then the round table would be have to, would have to be very big, and then yeah. you'd just be shouting the size at each of the other. MCG. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you send a carrier pigeon to ask them if they wanted more dessert. That's <laughs> oh, got merit. Would you belt out a Would you belt out your karaoke song? Uh, your your your, oh. your go to karaoke song. Oh well, I might. You've heard about that, have you? I believe. I believe it's fame. Oh, uh, oh. I didn't know that. Oh. You have done good research. I love, and do you know what? I jumped in the cab yesterday morning, and um, it was not my regular driver. And my regular driver normally has very low classical music on. He likes to try and keep me calm going to work early in the morning. I jumped in, and this taxi driver had. Babe, I'm going to live forever. And it was so loud. And he said, oh, oh, I'll turn it down. And I said, don't you dare. 
We are rocking this cab to work. <laughs> Were you a big fan of the TV show as a as a kid, Lisa? I absolutely Look, I, loved it. Yeah, I was. But here's the sad story that when you grow up in the country, mm. you pretty much only get the ABC of and, one other, and one other yeah. commercial station. And it does not have Fame. everything you want to watch. <laughs> like I can remember when I went to Brisbane um, as a kid and I discovered Romper Room and I was like, <laughs> wow, <laughs> this is amazing. I can see through the mirror and I can see you, Sarah, and I can see you, Kevin. Um, but, yeah, no, look, I did not have a much variety with my uh, television viewing as a child, yeah. which is probably why – I have grown up to work at the ABC and love the ABC and be very fulfilled, um, mm. you know, following in the path of what I was watching and listening to as a yeah. kid. Yeah. It's amazing. Who knew that a career that started out doing, you know, the uh, the random breakout of head lice infestation in Gympie <laughs> would finish up fronting the ABC News Breakfast Program? I was proud of that story and that story still stands. It's very important. Head lice in primary schools anywhere. If all the parents who are listening to this now are nodding their heads going, oh, yes. absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was my first byline on the Gimpy Times yep. and it was a very proud moment and I still have a copy of that paper. <laughs> as you should, as you should. Hey, Lisa, the, the book Daring to Fly, it's, it's out and about now. Obviously, we can see on ABC News Breakfast and uh, it's been just a delight to have a chat to you. Thank Wonderful. you so much for your time. Thank you. Oh, thanks, Kevin and Sarah. I really appreciate it. You are listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier, brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yoghurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au Ah, very nice lady and a delightful chat and check the well, book out. It's a called lot of fun. Daring to Fly is the name of the book if you want to have a read of that. And so that photo on the front of her yeah. um, on, with the plane is just a fabulous photo. And it's Lovely a fabulous photo. read. Yep. Thank you, Lisa, for your time. Thank you. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. 20 cents worth of mixed lollies. I like that. So will this be because this is our... Friday food poll. Right. Bananas. What about them? Well, we talked about them in the last podcast because we were talking about banana-flavoured Big M hula hoops. So this is a natural progression. (laughs) A lot of people don't like bananas, full stop, let alone hot bananas. Hot bananas should be outlawed, according to some people. So how do you feel? (laughs) You've got two options this week, Kevin. You've got banana fritters or you can have... A banana split. Oh, the split wins it for me. Remember Alice on the Brady Bunch used to make those for the kids when, no, uh, I don't. as a reward? I remember Alice on the Brady Bunch, but uh, I don't remember her banana split. See, I'd, I'd go the banana fritter every time. No, banana split gets me because the ice cream. Bang, off you go. I'll tell you what is lovely. But there's ice cream on fritters. Yeah, but uh, it's better when it's with the banana split. You know what uh, <laughs> What flavour ice cream goes fantastically with banana? Oh, no. Chocolate. Chocolate. Ultra chocolate Caramel. or double chocolate or Belgian chocolate with the bananas. Beautiful. Or, you know, a banoffee type situation with banana caramel. Yeah, salted and caramel. Drink. Yeah. Well, then I'll have my nightly little bowl of fruit, fruit with a little bit of ice cream. <laughs> yeah. Or actually, ice cream with a little bit of fruit. I was going to say, uh, opposite. M- my bananas finish up wrapped in salted caramel and chocolate oh, ice cream. It's beautiful. Mm. Okay, anyway, we digress. So, first, Barnsey, Ian Barnes, mm-hmm. banana fritters. <laughs> made into a banana split. Very, yeah, very, very good. good. 
Sue Hosking says, I prefer a banana fritter, but considering the, uh, but, sorry, I prefer yes. a pineapple fritter, but considering the options, I'd have to go banana split. I've never had a banana fritter. Ah, and Terry Daniel from 2DD says, Sue Hosking, I agree with you there, Re, uh, a pineapple one. Amanda says, warm banana. Ooh, gross. <laughs> Rebecca says, I'm not a banana fan, but my dog likes fritters. People feed, there was a little conversation <laughs> that went on after this. People feed the dog uh, these on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wayne then comes in and says, Rebecca, with all due respect, <laughs> if you inflict the crescent moon-shaped fruit of misery on your puppy friend, then the RSPCA should be involved. <laughs> Fran says banana fritters all the way. Kathy says banana split. Silvana, neither. I don't eat banana. Wayne comes in again and says, Silvana, <laughs> a voice of reason in amongst the madness. Charlene says fritters. Uh, Joylene says, can I have them both? Sarah Warmby, banana fritters, please. Christine says banana split, hands down. Oh, Nicole Gunn, Gunners, fritters. Glenn says nah. Uh, Banana fritter every time, Pato. Lisa, McDonald, both. Gail Sinclair says banana fritters always. Mm. Caroline Rigby says bananas must only be consumed cold and just ripe. A touch of green still on the tippy top of the stalk. Split for me. Hot, soggy bananas. Vomit, vomit. Monique says banana fritters. Margaret says I've never tasted better than those from uh, the fish shop at Foster. Roz says banned bananas. They're the worst. (laughs) Especially in lunchboxes left there for months and months. Steve Woods says, <laughs> I'm watching my waistline. Oh, hang on. Steve, NASA's watching your oh. waistline. Karen Young says fritters. Deborah, banana fritters. Uh, uh, Helen says fritters. Lee says, can't hmm. find either on my Weight Watchers eating plan. Change eating enough. plans. Anthony says neither. And Davin, sometimes known as Davine. <laughs> Don't throw the sheet There's of paper no at me. Need uh, don't stop it, Kevin. Be, uh, be facetious. Davin says, have to sit on the fence and say both. Someone who doesn't sit on the fence <laughs> is good old Wayne. Wayne says, neither. Anything made from Satan's wang is vile oh. and disgusting. <laughs> the banana is quite simply the most evil and hateful thing in the food oh. world. If it was a person, it would be like Idi Amin and Pol Pot had a yellow, stinky, phallic-shaped baby. The consistency is a cross between vomit and baby food, and that's before you heat it up. Oh, it's true. No, it's not. It becomes (laughs) even more gross, if that's possible, when cooked. Then it's like lava that has been vomited up by some sort of fire demon but tastes like the toe jam found in a six-month-old sock that hid under the bed in Miss Laundry Day. It will take the skin off the roof of your mouth and the taste buds off your tongue. That is true. But that might be a blessing when you remember just how bad that taste actually is. How the hell anyone can ever think about eating these crescents of evil after using them to learn about safe sex is totally beyond me. That's true. You went to the wrong school, Wayne. Seriously. Oh, and bananas should I ask in, what they used in your no. school? No. And bananas in pyjamas freak me out. Now, yeah. I'm with him there. I'm with him there. I always flash back to those. This isn't. This is Wayne. <laughs> I always flash back to those weird sex ed lessons and worry about B1 wearing a condom and saying it's a raincoat. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what the hell is with – this is a food podcast. And what the hell is uh, is it with the stringy bits on bananas? Sometimes they just – there's really no words. Yeah. Asking if I would prefer a banana fritter – or a banana split is like asking me what infectious disease <laughs> I would prefer to have. Just take your banana 
and shove it. Oh, do you know what? I wonder, that's a quite a passionate rebuttal mm. of the humble banana. It is. I wonder whether banana comes above the um, Satan's testicle, that is the avocado that Wayno also abhors. So <laughs> I wonder what he finds just worth. That, uh, can, can I just suggest that Wayne does that as a, a personal private DM um, <laughs> with, from, with from myself? Yeah. Just with you and he can go off and decide a banana or avocado, which yeah. is the more yeah. and share that amongst yourselves. I okay. don't think we'll share it with. With anybody else? Um, uh, goodness me! I, and incidentally, yep. um, uh, the fritters won. Really? Yep. But it wasn't a landslide. No, not by any means. It was a split decision. <laughs> Cheese links five two eight two one nine eight four. Oh, I have no words. Five two eight two one nine eight four. Cheeselinks.com.au. You give Janet a call. Get yourself first some cheese making gear and. Uh, Get into it because it's good fun. And thanks to Lisa Miller, a reminder about yeah. the book. It's called Daring to Fly, also on ABC News Radio, uh, News Breakfast, of course. Yes, on the television. On the television with Michael Rowland, a good Bulldogs man. Yes. Uh, so uh, thank you for all that. Thank you. Thank you, Wayne, for your banana thoughts and keep your avocado and banana thoughts to yourself. A million thank yous to you, Kevin. You know it's always a pleasure. Cheeselinks.com.au. Bye for now. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page and Twitter for recipes, tips and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Brought to you by Cheese Links. Bringing cheese and yoghurt making to your kitchen. All you need to know at cheeselinks.com.au.